0: So what kind of properties do you guys lend on? What
1: makes you stand out amongst other lenders?
0: What regions are you focused on? What's
1: the weirdest loan you have to process? What
0: are you seeing in the market?
1: What are your preferred loan parameters? Tell
0: us about your underwriting process.
1: How did you get into the lending space? This is BIPs, your peek into the lender landscape, where we get into the minds of leading commercial real estate lenders to understand their perspective of the market, what they lend on, and how to get deals done. I'm Kimberly Zarbler and your host, and this is my co-host, my older and wiser brother,
0: Yaqub Zar. Wait, wait, were you being sarcastic? Welcome to the first episode of the BIFFS Podcast. We realized that a lot of borrowers, lenders, and debt brokers don't have a complete perspective of who the leading lenders are in commercial real estate and what they look for. So we decided to put together this podcast where we dive deep in interviews and conversations with specific lenders and get an understanding of their perspective on the market, what kind of deals they like to do, and what they're lending on.
1: And have a little fun while doing it. Today, we're here with Arbor Realty Trust's Ari Short. Based in their Manhattan office, Ari is responsible for originating Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, SFR Portfolios, CMBS, Bridge, Mezzanine, Preferred Equity Transactions Nationwide. Since joining Arbor in 2014, Ari has successfully grown a repeat client base consisting of mortgage brokers and property owners. Ari has originated close to 1 billion in multifamily loans.
0: Recently, Ari financed a senior living facility in Georgia, a multifamily portfolio in Brooklyn under Freddie Mac's SBL program, a multifamily bridge loan in New Jersey, and many other loans in multifamily senior housing and beyond across the country.
1: Ari, thanks so much for being here with us today. We hope you and your family are healthy and safe. Before we jump into the current state of the market, how has it been for Arbor and yourself personally during this time?
2: Thanks for the intro, guys. appreciate you having me on your show. In general, I feel very fortunate to be with Arbor, especially during this time, as Arbor is one of the few licensed lenders with Fannie, Freddie, and HUD, all three of which have a mission directed by the federal government to provide liquidity to the housing market, especially during down markets that we're in currently. It's even more critical for them to maintain the health of the housing market, especially with a lot of other lenders, private lenders, and bank lenders on the sidelines. So all three continue to aggressively lend in all markets with minimal changes to underwriting criteria. We can get into what that is, but you know, in general, again, I feel very fortunate to be with Arbor during this time, and you know, continue having a job, and frankly, probably busier than ever right now, where you know most people. In the multifamily space, kind of need to rely on the agencies at the moment.
0: All right, the most important question I have related to the lockdown is: Did you give yourself your own haircut yet? <laughs> so I was contemplating
2: it. It's getting a little crazy. My beard is longer than it's ever been, and my hair—I have very little of it, but it's getting out of control. So. <laughs> uh i've commissioned my sister-in-law who's quite the creative and artistic one to give me a haircut she's given a haircut to my brother-in-law and my uncle over here i think i'm just gonna shave it all off
0: i think we should do an album of you know people's self-done haircuts and see what we end up with
2: i think i'm just gonna buzz it
0: yeah yeah keep the beard though yeah i'm into that so you mentioned that arbor's still you know been pretty active well, first of all, from like a work from home standpoint, how's that transition been? Just, you know, separate from the deals, how's it been working remotely and having everyone remote and doing closings remotely?
2: So it's been challenging at first, is you know, just because everyone obviously has different obligations when they're at home versus at the office. So, you know, traditionally my wife and I both go to work and we have a nanny that comes during, you know, during the daytime to take care of our daughter, who's uh, 10 months at the moment. Um, well. And her husband actually got coronavirus and, you know, we were trying to get her to come. But obviously that once her husband got coronavirus, that kind of put an end to that. Sure. So in the beginning, my wife and I were juggling, you know, taking care of the baby and both still trying to work remotely full time. So I imagine other people are in a very similar position. So, you know, kind of things were moving slower, you know, to get responses from people that we were working with. I think as we've gone, we're now in in the sixth week of this lockdown I think people have started to figure out how to efficiently work. You know, whether it's like in my case, my mother-in-law has come to join us in the house and she's helping with the baby, or whether it's just you know splitting time between your spouse and the kids, whatever your case may be. I, I feel like the industry has figured it out. In our job, whether you're a mortgage broker or a lender, you can do most of your job from home. The really only touch aspect that's required are inspections, which we've figured out a way to continue on. So basically appraisers and engineers are going to properties without going into occupied units so they'll go into any vacant units they'll go to the common areas the basements and the exteriors and we'll actually get on the phone with them on a zoom chat and they'll walk us through the property when they're when they're there so we can limit the amount of visits that are necessary so there's different things that we're able to kind of get creative on to keep moving and get deals closed
1: so I know you've been with Arbor for over five years. What changes have you been seeing in the space?
2: A lot. When I first started, it was 2014, probably the peak of the bull run that the multifamily market had over the last 10 years. So every year since I've been there from 2014 through you know, 2019, really, has been a growing year and every year surpassed the previous. So I think with that, you saw a lot of competition enter the space and blending standards somewhat loosen you know we were getting a lot more aggressive with interest only and higher leverage deals in all markets you know the underwriting still remained fairly prudent but with competition you know becomes somewhat of a a loosening of standards so i think we were kind of trending that way and over the last year or two there's been murmurs of upcoming recession obviously unrelated to covid-19 you know just regards to the overall health of the market and uh, everything going on abroad, and and the Chinese trade war, and everything that goes along with that. So I think with that news, we were starting to tighten up our underwriting a little bit, entering into 2020, and then obviously we were hit with the coronavirus, which completely has kind of changed the course of lending. You know, like we discussed earlier, lent, there's a lot of lenders that have temporarily exited the space. We are taking an approach where we're continuing to lend, but for example, we'll hold reserves to weather a potential storm over the next 6-12 months where, you know, rental collections might not be so great. We'll hold an interest reserve to be able to get us through that period.
0: Is the plan to release those reserves post like lockdown or how are you guys looking at that? Yeah,
2: basically there's specific criteria, slightly different for Fannie and Freddie on when we can release that. But depending on the deal size, the leverage, we are holding between 6 and 18 months. Most deals are about 12 months of interest reserve which is released after two consecutive quarters of uh, performance at the property at a 125 debt cover. So it's basically a 125 is usually the programmatic standard for a debt cover. So as long as you perform that way for six months, essentially, all all the reserves will be refunded back to you. And if not, if the property doesn't perform and you have a shortfall of your debt service, then you can dip into the interest reserve account to to make whole on your interest payments.
0: Okay, so Ari, you've been with Arbor as we discussed. Tell us a little bit about what makes you and your team at Arbor unique, why with agency loans it's a good decision to work with you guys.
2: Yeah, so Arbor's been around for 30 years. You know, we initially started off in the single family space and the CEO eventually sold off that part of the business to Bank of America, pivoted to the multifamily space about, you know, 15 years ago, let's say. And worked hand in hand with Fannie and Freddie to grow their multifamily business. At the time, they weren't nearly as active as they are now. And if they were, it was it was on larger loans. So Arbor really helped Fannie and Freddie grow, specifically Fannie grow their small loan platform, which are loans uh, you know between one and five million. At this point, it's now you know one and seven and a half million for Freddie. So you know. We've been in the space for a long time. We have the experience, and we have the relationships with Fannie and Freddie to take to get deals done. But aside from that, we have we have a wide array of products, right? So we work with the three previously mentioned agencies, Fannie, Freddie, and HUD, right? So we're able to provide the best possible terms on a multifamily deal. When it comes in, we can look at it in multiple different ways. We also access the CMBS market for deals that are slightly outside the agency box or you know might work better with the CMBS structure. Just last year, we rolled out a private label CMBS product to add an additional option if agency isn't the best. Um, and then in addition to that, we also leverage our balance sheet for value-add bridge loans, as well as mezzanine loans that we've been offering on top of either private label CMBS to get higher leverage, or you know we'll put out MES on third-party construction loans with the hope of getting the exit loan once it stabilizes. So there's really a lot going on that we could offer. So if a deal comes in and we look at an agency and it, maybe it doesn't fit and we look at a CMBS and maybe it, you know the occupancy isn't good enough and we could flip it over to our balance sheet and do a bridge loan on it for, for two years and awesome. you know, finance the renovations, get them up to speed, right. um, stabilize, and then take them out with a permanent loan. So right. it's, I feel like we could be really nimble, understand clients' needs, and really kind of stay with them for the life of the loan. To that comment we service everything that we originate in-house we have a 20 billion dollar servicing portfolio so a lot of companies will originate a loan and then you end up getting serviced by a different company with arbor no matter if it's agency cmbs our bridge loans we're servicing everything in-house so you know you know who you're working with if there is an issue i typically get calls from my clients Mm -hmm. and i can help facilitate the process with my team on
0: the asset management side. Awesome. It sounds like you guys are able to help a lot of borrowers through different situations. What's sort of your sweet spot, Ari, in terms of deals that you like to focus on or like to get done? Like what, for our listeners, in which scenario should they think of you first?
2: So, you know, really multifamily is, is our bread and butter. We do some non-multifamily with our bridge platform, but um, the vast majority of our business is multifamily and it's what I focus on. With that comes all of the subsets of multifamily including seniors housing, which I've done a fair bit of. of it's a great um, space, you know, isn't nice it? House- yeah, totally. Well these days primarily it's not the greatest actually just right. because of the impact right. from coronavirus. But obviously pre pandemic it had fantastic underlying metrics. So some a space that we'll continue to focus on as we come out of the pandemic. But yeah, with multifamily student housing, affordable housing anything housing related i've done some military housing loans in military markets really anything in that regard and like i mentioned before you know um, we're doing agency loans we're doing bridge loans so anything that kind of fits that mold the only thing we're not doing a ton of are ground up construction you know hud does offer the 221d4 construction product which is a fairly niche product it's you know very attractive terms for the right client but it doesn't work for everyone. It's not something I personally focus a ton of time on. So the majority of what I do is stabilize or value add deals.
0: Absolutely.
1: As a lender, what do you think brokers should be doing right now to help deals through this difficult period?
2: Yeah, that's a good question because you know, I think in this period, more than ever, a relationship with a mortgage broker or your lender is more critical than ever, right? It's there are uncertain times. There's a lot changing going on. And you really want to be working with someone that you trust, not somebody who's going to just try and put, you know, the best interest rate on a piece of paper for you. You want to know that the person you're working with is knowledgeable about the space, understands the sensitivities of what's going on in the market and can advise you on how best to proceed. You know, it doesn't make sense necessarily for every borrower to be transacting in this market. I do think that there are good deals to be done right now for the right people. And we're doing a lot of deals right now in the you know three and a quarter to 375 range, which is in any environment really attractive financing for 10-year money. But obviously, like we discussed earlier, it comes with some caveats and reserves that need to be communicated. So in addition to trusting your financial advisor, it's really about communicating and being transparent with all of the requirements and everything going on. I think when we first entered into the lockdown and you know the treasury was falling off of a cliff, People's expectations were that rates were going to be, you know, two and a half percent, right? And I think there was a miscommunication in the market from marketing materials of a few lucky borrowers that had grandfathered quotes from two months ago and were able to rate lock at the most optimal period possible and get a two and a half percent interest rate. But that's not the norm. And I think it's the responsibility of brokers and lenders to really communicate with what's reality in the market which is, again, still very attractive, but it's important that expectations are aligned to be able to effectively navigate through this period. So like I said, you know, interest rates in the mid-threes, the interest reserve requirements, and I think specific to the interest rates, understanding how it's calculated, right? So you have the 10-year treasury and you have investor spreads. The 10-year treasury has been falling, but both Fannie and Freddie have implemented treasury floors. That are typically higher than where the actual treasury is. That protects them from downside risk. Spreads during uncertain periods always tend to widen because the investors purchasing the bonds, you know, don't have a certainty yeah. of where it's going to land in two months from now when when the loan actually securitizes. So things of this nature, it's really more important than ever to be communicated to borrowers and to so understand how this works. And there's you know no confusion when you go through the process.
0: Sorry, it's. Lenders were very quick to shut off lending, right? They were very quick on the agency side and balance sheet and beyond CNBS is just fully shut down very quickly. What's your perspective on the return and reactivate? What should borrowers look at when they're considering agency or when they have a deal that's good for agency? You know, What should they have in mind in terms of timeline to get back and how it would actually you know, get back to old lending standards or whatever the new ones might be?
2: Yeah. So it's tough to say, right? Because you know, we've been in this for a little over a month and April was the first full month of rental collections that came in post lockdown and I think people were fearing Doomsday and it wasn't actually the case you know April wasn't as bad as people were expecting and from what I hear from my clients across in across Arbor and from what I'm reading in the news across you know the country is that collections are really you know marginally affected in April. Right, so that's good news. But I think at this point, people are still afraid of what May and June are going to bring because that's kind of the real effects have settled in, and you know people are now out of work for a longer period of time. Hopefully, the unemployment checks kick in, and that'll help renters' ability to continue paying
0: rent. But By the, I the way, sponsor, on that note, are, I spoke to some people yeah. on unemployment. They're like, a lot of people are making more money than they were before with the six hundred dollars a week bonus, and you know, plus the right. the stimulus checks. Yeah, it's
2: it's, it's interesting how that happens. So I think that'll definitely help. You know, you'll still have some renters, you know, defaulting or not making payments or you know, I know I'm speaking to clients, I know a lot of their tenant kind of base wants to be paying rent, but they might have to delay it a couple of months. So I think, you know, obviously it's going to depend on the ultimate trajectory of how the coronavirus is resolved. And hopefully we get it under control sooner rather than later. If we do, in fact, go back to work, you know, middle of May, which is what New York City is currently saying. then I think, you know, by late summer, you know, we can start seeing a path towards recovery. But there's still so much uncertainty around coronavirus, right? You know, even if we go back to work in middle of May, you know, it's going to be a slow recovery. People are going to slowly come back in shifts. You know, people will still be working remotely to a certain extent. You know, we're not going to have large concerts or sporting events for a very long time. So I think that, you know, the overall economy is still going to be greatly impacted for, you know, until we get a vaccine, really, which could be a year and a half. So, it's hard to say. The good news about multifamily is that, you know, people need a place to live. And if they can't pay rent today, you know, hopefully they'll find a way to, you know, get a new job or get relief. But at the end of the day, multifamily will, you know, overcome what we're dealing with at the moment because people need a place to sleep.
0: Absolutely. Awesome.
1: Now some fun questions. I know everyone's trying to get the most of their time in quarantine. Everyone has more time to read, to work out. Is there anything that you're doing that's special during quarantine or filling in your downtime with?
2: Yeah, so believe it or not, I I actually don't have as much free time as I would have thought. Um, (laughs) You know, it's work's been... Particularly busy on all fronts, both on new deals, you know, working through the existing pipeline and facilitating, you know, forbearance requests on deals that have closed. So work has been extremely busy, and any downtime that I have during the day is usually spent with my daughter. And she's, you know, quite the handful. She's started to walk recently, so I'm just kind of chasing her. Wow. Chasing awesome. What's her you know, name? Yeah, her name is Ezra. Ezra, beautiful. Which most people assume is a boy's name, but we thought it was uh, beautiful for a girl. Love it. Beautiful. So we yeah. put her down to sleep at around 7.30. We have dinner. And then, you know, I'm pretty exhausted. But usually at that point, I'll watch some TV. You know, we just finished watching Unorthodox. Oh, that was great. Um, which, you guys yeah, see that?
1: that was intense.
2: Yeah, very intense. I thought it was really well done. You know, showed, portrayed the culture, I thought, very well. And it was just, you know, really, really fascinating. The whole yeah, just finished uh, Ozark, which we like. And besides um, from TV, I play a lot of guitar. Which you know, I thought I'd be playing more now, but I find some time here or there to to play, and I've been particularly playing a lot of kids' songs. So I've been learning, you know, the whole Raffi catalog of Baby Beluga and Mr. Sun and all these songs. Wow, that that's, that a my seems that's, that's a good dad to enjoy. That's a good dad. As off
0: time is preparing, you yeah. know. Practicing for his daughter—it's beautiful.
2: <laughs> you know, I gotta, I gotta entertain her somehow. So it seems to be working.
0: <laughs> okay, That's awesome. Perfect. Thank you, Ari. We really appreciate your time, and we're looking forward to—we're already excited to work with you personally on some deals. Hopefully, we'll get out of this and continue to close.
1: All right, what is the best way for everyone to reach you?
2: You know, email is usually the best way for me. I'm always following my emails, and it's the easiest way for me to manage my time. Right, so. A short at arbor.com. Pretty simple. Once we have a dialogue going, you know, obviously a, a phone call or a text works as well. So if you want myself cell, mm-hmm. but, but I welcome uh,
0: good, deals uh, a,
2: a good, good deals
0: only. Good deals yeah, only. Exactly. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Ari.
1: All right. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy your time with Ezra.
0: Appreciate it, guys. All the best. Stay safe. Stay safe. Thanks for joining us for this episode. We hope you learned something new. Tune in next week when we speak to another lender in the industry. Until then, take care. This was Bips, your peek into the lender landscape.
1: As Jay-Z says, you don't have to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here.
0: Kim, everyone's already home.